Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Football season's also tailgating season and at Four River Smokehouse for a limited time. Take $5 off on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone using promo code GATORSBREAKDOWN. And sign up at MyBookie. Use our promo code GATORS to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. It's game week. It's midweek game week. You know what that means. It's time for our first opponent preview of the season. As the FAU Owls will roll into Gainesville Saturday night to take on the Gators. Helping me break it all down, Zachary Weinberger from Lemon City Live, FAU beat reporter there. Zach, man, thanks for joining. I hope you're uh, ready for football season as much as uh, we are. I definitely am as well. I'm excited for the first game of the season. I'm not sure if FAU fans are excited because they're going against UF, but it's still an exciting season to cover for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, these teams have played a, a few times in the last uh, decade or so, so uh, we'll, we'll get to it too. In-state game there. Florida, FAU, USF, so two, uh, two opponents there from uh, in-state that the Gators will be taking, uh, uh, taking against, and also FSU later in the season. So Florida's playing a lot of in-state schools, starting with FAU in the first game of the season this year. Zach, let's get straight to it, man. Last season, crazy, chaotic season for everybody out there. FAU gets off to a good 5-1 start. Four games were canceled due to COVID and then ended the season on a – a three-game losing streak. How, how would you assess year one in 2020 under Willie Tiger? It was, like you said, it was hectic. It was crazy. I mean, it was filled with cancellations, postponements, quarterback changes. Even though we did go after that pretty hot start, I would say that this team really wasn't sustainable going into the end of the season, competing for a conference championship. It was just crazy, especially having year one under Willie Taggart. A lot of expectations, especially after Lane Kiffin leaves FAU to go to Ole Miss. Uh, it was a lot of expectations, a lot of downers to end the season. But I think in year two, the expectations and the and the attitudes are different this time around, just kind of going to talking to players and coaches. 
uh, it's different this time around. They have a huge chip on their shoulder. They found their quarterback. You know, and then going into game one against Gainesville, last time they went into Gainesville, they actually won it, or they get, not won it, but they were really close. They want to compete. You know, they think they can win this game against UF, and that's obviously they're not going to say they're, they're going to lose. Um, but they're feeling much more confident and comfortable this time around. Tiger Brunson coaches, new offensive coordinators. You bring in Mike Stoops, a pretty high-caliber defense coordinator there. Uh, this team in year two has a lot of expectations among fans, and especially even me. I think they can make a lot of noises here in the conference. Now, will it start this Saturday against preseason number 13, uh, University of Florida? Uh, I expect a pretty hard-fought game, maybe the first half, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But year two, there's a lot more expectations than year one, for sure. Sounds good. So Gator fans, of course, know Willie Taggart well from his stint at FSU. And uh, he had that lethal simplicity tagline about his offense uh, back at that time. Is that something that's still around? You know, what are we seeing in this offense heading into year two for Taggart? Yeah, so, I mean, FAU fans were kind of, you know, spoiled with Lane Kiffin. I mean, those those three or, you know, three years that he was there and he brought a lot of offensive strategies with his quarterback and his running backs and his receivers this time around, it seems that, you know, they're being very quiet about their game plan. You know, obviously scrimmages are not open to the public, like a lot of teams are. Um, media availability with practice is only like 15 minutes. It seems like that there's something new that they want to throw out here, uh, possibly some special weapons um, against UF and against conference opponents. So I think it's a little different this year. I know that even him has a chip on his shoulder, obviously, uh, with the backlash and, and all the the reactions from his time at FSU, like you, like you mentioned um, to me, but to me, what I've seen, it's a little different, you know, the, the players, the offensive coordinators, uh, they, they have a lot of faith in this offense that it could be something new, something different that would hopefully capture FAU another conference championship since my time there. So I, to, to me, to me, it's a little different and we'll see what they throw at UF when it comes to the, 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 the options and the, and the roll arounds and stuff like that. All right, so, of course, to start the quarterback, Nikosi Perry, former Miami Hurricane, he's named the starter for the Florida game. Take us through the, the quarterback competition that led up to him being named the starter and why Perry gets denied. Yeah, so it was pretty much a, a four-quarterback race, according to Taggart and according to coaches for this time around. It was Nikosi Perry, it was incumbent starter Nick Tronti, it was Michael Johnson Jr., and then it was Billy Taggart Jr., um, to me, you know, I never really felt that Willie Taggart Jr. had a shot this time around. Like an only freshman, you know, I, I feel like what this quarterback room really has that it has the presence and also has the possible future in Michael Johnson Jr. and Willie Taggart Jr. So really, it was always between Nick, Nicosi Perry and Nick Tronti. I really didn't see a lot from Nick Tronti last season to make me feel comfortable going into the Florida game, going into the season. Um, knows the offense very well, good on his, good on it with his legs. Just the throwing ability wasn't there. Uh, Nikosi Perry, he missed spring ball, and then that was, that was pretty huge. It was a later acquisition. But to me, you know, I, I was kind of talking with different FAU people on Twitter about it, and there was some disagreement. But to me, it was like, you, you don't get Nikosi Perry. The expectation is to not start him game one or start most games the season. Uh, to me, you bring him in there, he has that big game experience from University of Miami. Uh, you know, he's played under the lights before and in big crowds. Again, we'll see 70,000 people, you know, crowd the swamp, to, you know, on Saturday. Uh, but he, he's been there before. 
Um, so to me, and again, you just see from practice when he's working with the starting offensive linemen, he's working with the starting receivers and the, and the running backs. It was pretty obvious to me that Nikosi Perry was going to be QB one. And to me, I was pretty much banking on him making great strides, even missing spring ball to get the nod. And it did, you know, and we were talking at the Taggart earlier. I actually just uh, posted a story earlier this morning about what Taggart and the, the OC said about him. He's, he made great strides, you know, the leadership, the communication, even before he, he, he uh, entered the team, he was communicating with the receivers, communicating with his team. He seems like that leader that can lead FAU into Gainesville and possibly fight. We'll see if it happens. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be – it's interesting. But Nikosi Perry gets a starting nod. Not that surprising to me. All right. Then you're going through preseason magazines and you're reading about the FAU getting ready for this ma- uh, this matchup here. A lot of people pointed out a player to watch, Johnny Ford, transferred from USF there, uh, accounted for about 1,900 all-purpose yards in three seasons there at USF in 24 games. Uh, seven games last season, rushed for 285 yards, caught 15 passes for 125 more said they bring some speed to the offense. How do you see – I mean, FAU was already kind of deep at running back anyway. They bring in four. How do you see him utilizing this offense? I, I think they want to use him in any way they can. You know, obviously, like you said, just kind of going in here, being a transfer here, obviously they like Larry McCammon. They like Malcolm Davidson. But like you said, you know, the FAU is kind of like RBU. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got David Singletary, you got Kareth White, who are, who are both with, you know, the Buffalo Bills at the moment. Um, DJ Emmons, who, who just got in the NFL, I think he just got cut actually with yesterday's cuts. Uh, but you know, a lot of running backs kind of come through FAU and they have a, immense success. And I don't see the why the same thing couldn't have for, for Johnny Ford. In fact, I think he could have probably one of the better FAU running back seasons, uh, you know, except for maybe Devin Singletary, who was absolutely crazy over here. Um, but you know, the depth at running back is going to be one of our key points here. And it's, it's a room that Willie Taggart, the offense coordinator, the different coaches, uh, are praise every single chance they get. Uh, and a guy like Johnny Ford, who has pretty much the talent to not only be utilized in the backfield, but also through the trenches, I think he can have a pretty awesome season. We'll see, though, because, again, I feel like they're going to give a lot of people opportunities. It's going to be more of a committee, more of a workhorse. I'd be very surprised if we see a significant amount of carries for one singular person, um, especially since I just recently they made Larry Buchanan, uh one of the captains uh, for the season. But I think everybody's going to get their chance. Everybody's going to get their pop. And I think it's going to be a really awesome room uh, for FAU this season. I think they're going to run all over the conference. Um, and to me, I can see them having a pretty nice day against UF, even though UF always has a great defense. But I think that's one thing they might be underestimating. Uh, we'll see. Um, it's pretty awesome. Though. Johnny Ford is going to be a huge part of this FAU offense. Yeah, pretty experienced offensive line to go along with that running game uh, as well for FAU. Pretty experienced across the board, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, actually. So, uh, you know, probably can be contributed uh, a little bit or attributed a little bit to bad quarterback play last season, but uh, returns a heavy group of wide receivers as well that lack probably some big playability. Any certain players there that we should be on uh, on the lookout for for maybe breakthrough performance and uh, with maybe getting better quarterback play from the Kosey Perry elevating their game at wide receiver? Yeah, you know, I feel like – Again, Nikosi Perry, to me, from what I've seen in practice and just from what I've seen in general, which is, again, my personal observations, I think that he can get the ball way more than Nick Tronti did last year. And I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to better wide receiver play. TJ Chase, a guy that, you know, showed some flashes last season. Uh, Brandon Robinson, same thing. You know, these two guys who we spoke to, I think, about a couple weeks ago, pretty much saying, like, you know, 
again, this year's different. You're going to see a different wide receiver group this season. They have a lot of tricks up their sleeves. I'm excited to see what they have there. One guy that, that to me is like, I've said this every single season um, of who can break out. Uh, it, it's John Mitchell, uh, obviously uh, later in his years at FAU. The reason why is because he has the big size. He has the catching ability. The problem is that he, he really can't stay on the field due to injuries. He always, you know, he's very injury prone. If he stays healthy, I think that he, he can have a very, very successful season. Um, but other guys, you know, you got, you got, you got guys like Willie Wright, you know, you, you got the, who's a pretty much overliable for FAU these past couple of years. Um, but really Brandon Robinson, TJ Chase, that's definitely the guys that I'm looking at Jadante Wester. It's a really deep group. And I think, you know, this season was very different than last season because you have way more experience in a lot of the, a lot of the other groups, whether it be the offensive line, the running backs we were just talking about, the linebacker group, but really the, the wide receivers can pop off. And again, obviously it goes hand in hand. Can Nikosi Perry give him, you know, give him the ball? Okay, uh, can he put it? Can he put it on the money for them to succeed? I think they can. And even some of these guys can be used uh, out of the backfield with those trick plays, the end arounds, the bubble screens. Um, I think it's going to be a very successful and creative offense. We'll see. You know, that's just kind of my, my preseason uh, uh, preview and prediction there. But, you know, the wide receiver group is, is one to watch for sure this season. Again, a, a kind of a group where, like, you're not going to get a single guy that's going to, like, just blow off the roof. Every guy is going to contribute and make an impact. Let's move to the other side of the ball. Big change there. Defensive coordinator Mike Stoops takes over for Jim Levitt. Uh, and unit that returns 10 starters from a 24th-ranked defense in the country last year. Uh, what would you say the strength of the defense is? Uh, to me, uh, from, from what I've seen, um, it has to be either uh, the linebacker crew uh, or, or the secondary. I, I don't, I don't want to say the D-line is bad by any means or by any stretch, um, as they do actually retain some guys. The thing is, I, I think they can make an impact on any side, you know, and especially with the linebacker crew, a guy that's coming back, you know, who missed games last season, excuse me, is uh, Achilles Leroy, uh, who to me, you know, a guy that I've got to know very well throughout my time at FAU and to see him pop off in, in the past couple of years has been great. He's back on the team this year, coming off of a season where he had over 100 tackles, seven, six or seven sacks. Um, and to me, the guy can make an impact on any play. So to me, it's definitely the linebacker crew. you got to look at Amon Ross, who pretty much is kind of playing hybrid this time around, safety and linebacker. That's a guy to look out for, for sure. Obviously, the guy that you know people are really excited about going to the season on the defense is Chase Lassiter, uh, outside linebacker. He could also pretty much be on the edge and get a lot of sacks. That's a guy that people are looking out for. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like that this defense, the, one of the things I'm interested in looking for against the University of Florida it's how, you know, the defense um, plays against a top-tier uh, offensive line, a top-tier offense, and see how they react. Because, again, you know, pretty much when I, when I do my predictions, when I, when I do stuff like that, I always look at how are they going to match up against the conference. And to me, I feel like FAU does that very well. They're one of the, to me, probably the top three or maybe even one of the better teams in, in the conference for sure. But against UF, how can they react? And to me, I see. I, I feel like again, we're gonna have, we're gonna see a successful defense. You know, they're gonna be they're gonna face a lot of adversity in game one, which I feel like you know, it might be a blessing in disguise. Whether we you know lose by thirty or we lose by seven, whatever the case may be, I feel like it'll prove very beneficial to this team to see who they are, what they need to do, and then when they go up against these you know lesser teams in the conference, it can make for a great time. So 
We'll see, but guys, I'm looking out for Achilles Leroy at the linebacker crew with Amon Ross and definitely Chase Laster, who could probably provide so much impact uh, to the quarterback. So we'll see if that happens Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned Achilles Roy there and top tackler in 2019, didn't play last year. And to, and to the numbers that you mentioned, he had 15 and a half tackles for loss as well back, back in that 2019 season. So, you know, definitely a player to sit there and kind of put a microscope on uh, for, for, for the Gator side of things. Uh, what, what do you think is there – you bring so many guys back on the defensive side of the ball too, but you, as I mentioned, you're switching defensive coordinators. Is there – just because you have so much experience, is it kind of – maybe sticking to the same type of game plan or does Mike Stoops come in here and, and, and change a whole lot schematically on the defense? So did you, did you get to notice anything about that as far as uh, the limited time that you got to watch the team in, in, in preseason camp? You know, I feel like for me, from what I've seen from the defense, you know, I, I feel like that this defense has changed a whole ton the past couple of years. You know, we had Glenn Spencer uh, with Lane Kiffin and, you know, and then he's gone, he goes to USF and then we have another guy. And then, again, we have a different guy, Mike Stoops. I feel like what Stoops wants to do here is make the defense feel comfortable. Because while it is experienced players, if you bring a whole new playbook, to you know, but then you're just kind of giving them uh, a lot in their mind. But to me, I feel like you, that he wants to make it easier on his team. Uh, so to me, I feel like that there will be definitely some changes here. But I feel like what he wants to do is make it the best for his players and what they and what they can accomplish, you know, kind of fit their strong suit. So to me, I feel like that what he's going to do this season is pretty much get adjusted uh, to, to this team, you know, because every time we talk. But, the, you know, it, it's it's actually pretty impressive because every time we talk to, to Coach Stoops, it's like he's been here for, for, for like five years. You know, he, he sees these guys as pure veterans. Uh, he knows he knows the guys very well. Uh, so to me, to answer the question, you know, I feel like that things will change, but I don't think drastically, you know, especially from what I've seen in, in the media availability at preseason camp and sprint, you know, sprint training and you know, training camp, excuse me, stuff like that. I think Coach Stoops uh, will, will kind of keep some of the same things that made FAU very impressive the past couple of years, um, but probably add some flair to kind of keep the offensive guess, you know, the offense guessing. So I think it'll be a mixture of both. Sounds good there for our preview of the FAU Al Zachary man. Uh, let everybody know, uh, you know, uh, kind of your well thought out parts of this game. Uh, you know, how you see it maybe playing out. You don't have to give a score or anything, but you know, just uh, uh, what, what do you expect from FAU heading into this game? You, you've kind of, you know, briefed us about just a little bit here, uh, but what you expect, you know, just kind of overall for Willie Taggart rolling in here Saturday night. You know, these guys, like I said before, you know, these guys have a huge, huge chip on their shoulder. Nikosi Perry does. Willie Taggart does. Everybody in the offense and everybody in the defense does. They obviously want to be better than last season because it was so hectic. It was so confusing. Cancellations, postponements, like I said before. Going into Gainesville, it's obviously a tough test week one. You know, going up against pretty much a top 15 team in the country uh, in the preseason. Um, I, I think what they want to do is be competitive. You know, and obviously – they're not going to say they're going to lose the game. They think they can win the game, you know, and I think that with a guy like Nikosi Perry under center that's been in that big game time experience, it will prove to be very beneficial towards them. Um, if you want to see a score preview, you want to see a score preview, that'll be my preview for Lemon City Live. Check that out. Shameless plug. Uh, but seriously, though, when it comes to this, really, it's like, you know, if like if FAU loses by like seven or 14 points, I think that's a win. You know, I know that's that's a that's a zero and one in the win loss column. But to me, that's a win. If you're competitive throughout all four quarters, 
you got to win in my book. And to me, that would prove to be like, I'm expecting a whole lot from this team uh, for the rest of the season against, against the rest of the conference. If you're, if you're losing by little to university of Florida, I'm not even talking about if they win, you know, that to me that I don't know about that, but like, you know, I, I feel like people are expecting a blowout, you know, and I, I kind of go into the thing where, where when FAU faces these big teams, I know the last one was pretty much like Ohio state and, and, um, and Oklahoma, they were pretty competitive uh, in maybe the first quarter. Things got a little messy in the second and the third, and maybe they came back in the fourth. Um, but to me, you know, against the University of Florida, I think we'll see um, some 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 com- you know competitiveness in the first couple quarters, especially since you know obviously UFA having a different quarterback this season compared to last season, uh, and what UF can offer. I think UF fans will be surprised with what they see from FAU. I still think that UF fans should probably expect a pretty um, a high scoring game for UF uh, on their standards. You know, for FAU, there's still there's still a lot of adjustment to be made, especially with Nikosi Perry being in the system and, and stuff like that. People are probably still adjusting, but to me, you know, I'm excited to see this game just because to see where FAU differs from year one of Willie Taggart to year two. But at the end of it, I think UF gets to win here. Um, you know. Congratulations, Gator fans. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it, sh- it should be a fun time, and hopefully it does stay competitive um, because that will be fun. Yeah, you know, the, the biggest change for both teams uh, right now is – or the biggest difference for both teams right now, you, FAU pretty experienced on both sides of the ball and bringing a whole lot of players back. Florida replacing a whole lot of players uh, on both sides of the ball. So, that, you know, probably the biggest difference if you just want to kind of blanket uh, for both teams there, one difference that you can expect from each team. One pretty experienced, even though they are – you know, even even with the experience at quarterback for FAU, they're going with a new quarterback, of course, with the, with, with the transfer there. Uh, but, yeah, experience on one side, experience not so much on the other side. Uh, as you said, your know, talent probably plays out, but that is the biggest difference between teams right now is the experience FAU brings compared to Florida when they play Saturday night in the swamp. Zachary, man, one more time, uh, plug Lemon City Live, what you guys got going on there, what you uh, ha- have been doing and covering FAU this fall. Yeah, you know, when they approached me to kind of cover FAU football, it was, it was a, you know, they're very free over there. It's really great to work with them, Lemon City Live. Good to be back on the FAU beat. Obviously, I previously with my uh, school newspaper at FAU, I was covering for them, uh, and then I kind of came back for Lemon City Live to cover it. So it's been great to be back on the FAU beat, man, and, and obviously a, ni- a nice little game one. I'm still deciding if I want to go to Gainesville uh, to actually attend that game. We'll see. Um, but, it, you know, at Lemon City Live, check out my stuff. Uh, one earlier, just released earlier this morning, actually, about kind of the reactions from Willie Taggart and o- offensive coordinator Michael Johnson about Nikosi Perry. Nikosi Perry himself, he has a new number, number seven. He likes Michael Vick. Uh, he, he has a message for the FAU fans. Check it out on my page. It's at Zach Weinberger on Twitter. Zach is Z-A-C-H-W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. Lemon City Live, check them out too, man. You can find them on Twitter just just with that spelling. So um, pretty cool what they have going on over there. They're kind of a little bit of annoyed because the guys over there are FIU fans. I'm an FAU guy. So, you know, there's always some tension. No, but seriously, it's a lot of fun with those guys over there. So uh, check us out. Zach, man, can't thank you enough for giving our first opponent preview of the season here on Gators Breakdown for FAU. Man, good luck with everything. Good luck this season, and uh, have a blast out there covering FAU. You too, man. You too. See you later. All right, football season's also tailgating season, and there's nothing better for a tailgate than Four Rivers Smokehouse, named the number one barbecue in the South by Southern Living Magazine. Four River Smokehouse is a family-owned barbecue restaurant specializing in 18-hour smoked Angus brisket, 
man, I love me some brisket, but I got to have some ribs too. Big, big, big ribs guy. Also, get their home style sides and fresh baked desserts at any of Four Rivers Smokehouse's 13 Florida locations. Four Rivers party packages come tailgate ready so you can spend more time watching those games all day and not the grill. Enjoy the gridiron pack for four for $54.99 or the party for 12 package for $109. Each package includes Four Rivers award winning barbecue meats, home style sides, buns, and signature barbecue sauce. Now through September 30th, take $5 off on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone when you mention Gators Breakdown. That's now through September 30th, take $5 off on on orders of $25 or more when ordering in-store or by phone when you mention Gators Breakdown. So Gators, whether you live in Gainesville or just in town for the game, swing swing by Fort Rivers Gainesville located in Butler Plaza. If you're tailgating at home in the Orlando, Jacksonville, Tampa, or Tallahassee areas, then you can also enjoy the best barbecue anywhere in Florida at Fort Rivers Smokehouse. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag, and it's time to get in on the action First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boost, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make this winning season your best ever with MyBookie. With a historic 18-week NFL schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so the smart thing to do is sign up with my bookie. Use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit matched dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly just for using promo code Gators and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. All right, this uh, here we go. You just kind of heard it there. This FAU team um, experience, but polar opposites uh, as far as last year goes, as far as both sides of the ball go. On offense, they were 115th in the country at 18.9 points per game, 48th in rushing at 180 yards per game, 117th in passing for only 144 yards a game, and 112th in total yards per game, with 325 yards a game. You heard me say there, almost every starter returns, but look, at, at quarterback, they have starters returning, but they'll be going with transferring to Kosey Perry. He's getting a start after transferring in. Running back Johnny Ford, as I've mentioned, USF transfer. He's a back that will garner many carries, um, maybe the most. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but also, in effect, the pass catcher out of the backfield. So watch Perry. Watch for Ford, the transfers that are coming in for FAU to see if they can spark that offense early on against Florida. You know, mostly the same offense as last season with another year under their belt. So we'll see if experience uh, helps in the first game as well. Deep at running back, but relying on transfers to help turn it around. Different story on defense. 10th nationally in scoring defense were were the Owls last year and giving up only 17.4 points per game. They were 51st in rushing defense, giving up 154.6 yards a game. So if you had to pick a weak spot last year for a good defense, it was the rush defense. We'll see now with this 
focus on a run game for the Gators. They can, uh, you know, put some yards up as far as, you know, if the uh, if they're looking for a weak spot in this FAU defense for last year, it was in the rush defense. Pretty good pass defense coming in off a season where they ranked 16th in the country at eight, 187.7 yards per game. And to put it all together, to put it all together, the Owls were good for 342.2 yards per game, ranking 24th in the country. So maybe a good pass defense uh, test for Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson out there to get the passing game going for the Gators. Of course, all that was in a conference USA, USA schedule. So you know, weigh it there, but against very similar talent, they were able to put some pretty good numbers up on defense and struggle on offense there last year for the Owls. So here we go. Stat here for you from Athlon's preseason magazine about these owls defense allowed 17 touchdowns and 12 field goals across 107 opponent possessions last season. It's an average of 1.45 points per drive that led conference USA in that statistic of points per drive. So there you go. It'll be interesting to see how much changes are going on on the defensive side of the ball with Jim Levitt leaving a pretty good defense, having so many players return, and now Mike Stoops and his base 3-4 defense comes in. Uh, one player uh, to watch on that side of the ball, cornerback uh, remains Smoke Mungan, a potential NFL player with boom and bust potential. According to Athlon, coaches think he's, that coaches think he's an NFL-caliber type player, but would need to improve on defending the deep ball as he was burned too often in that aspect. So if you're looking for big plays either way from a defender for FAU, look out for Mungan and if he is involved in the big play, either for FAU or a detriment to FAU in some big passing plays. That's uh, one player to look out for there in the secondary for the Owls. So there we go, FAU preview. Pretty good. Pretty good FAU preview there from Zachary. Uh, I gave you my thoughts on that team as well. But uh, so now what do I want to see from Florida? Uh, quickly, here's a quick cl- Cliff Notes version of every position rundown right here of what I want to see first game of the season. This will kind of change how I do this throughout the season. Uh, I'll probably just key in on some positions, but we're kicking the season off. We got, uh, you know, a lot of questions for this team. And just because you have a lot of questions does not mean you can't be successful. But here are some questions I want to see answered in the first game. How do I want to see get the Gators handle certain situations for all these positions going against FAU? Quarterback, comfortability. I want to see checks at the line of scrimmage. I want to see if FAU does something different on defense, if they shift players before the snap. How comfortable are these quarterbacks? How comfortable is Emory Jones reading the defense, making the checks, and then if something switches right before the snap, you know, how does he handle that play? Uh, and um, just looking comfortable, not going out there and looking like the, the moment's not too big. This is his first start. This is uh, his team now. Can you go out there, play comfortable? If he's out there comfortable for the Gators, the Gators will, you know, have a have a nice night. Same thing for Anthony Richardson, of course. You know, he'll be coming in, sprinkled in, uh, maybe even get some more snaps in the second half of the game. If the Gators put it away, does he look comfortable? Does he look like he you know, out, belongs on the field out there? We saw versus Oklahoma just a little bit last year in the bowl game, him um, his inextended play in time more so than he had uh, any other point of the year. Uh, he'll get some extended time probably this week as well. You know, so you know, I want to see these guys go out there and just look comfortable, look like they belong and, and not surprised by the moment there. Running back, you guys, I'm, I'm predictable, of course, on this one. You can go ahead and pick it out. I'll give you five seconds. 
you know it. It's explosive runs. <laughs> that, that's what I want to see, especially from an overmatched opponent. This is a, a moment where the running back should be able to break some big runs. Hopefully, you couldn't do it at all, Harley, last year. Had struggles doing it in 2019 a couple seasons ago as well. Go get some explosive runs. Go hit some chunk yardage plays. You know, I'm talking about the runs that are 20 yards or more. You know, if you go out there and average 10, 12 yards a carry, and it's mostly 10, 12 yards for, for the carries, that's good. That's good, too. But I want to see, you know, 30, 40, 50-yard runs. You know, a couple of those runs. I'm not asking every time they touch the ball to go out there and, and, and bust a, a home run type of ball. But we want to see the potential of that in the skater offense, and that's going to start Saturday night. Plus, how deep they go. How, how many backs get a carry? How many carries do those backs get? You already know what you have in Damian Pierce. You already know what you have in Malik Davis. You already know what you have in Naquan Wright. Do the young players get more carries because of that and see what they bring to the table in Lorenzo Wingard and Marcus Bowman? Do they get more carries because Florida should be putting the game away pretty early? And you already know what the other running backs bring to the table. Let's see what these guys bring to the table in game-like situations. Uh, that can extend my running back explosive thought. That can extend to the offensive line, of course. Open holes for those explosive runs. It starts up front. Uh, of course, I think we could point just a, a, a few times that the running backs probably missed a hole or couldn't make a move at the second level to bust a big run, but it starts up front most of the time, and it starts with those big open holes from an offensive line. This shift in offense – uh, the focus going more toward the run game should help this in this regard. We should see it right away. I want to see it right away, game one. And also, in passing situations, how does the right side of the offensive line hold up? And I think we could probably also say, you know, do, do we get the – as far as the left side goes too, Richard Garage there at left tackle, we didn't have to worry about Stone Forsyth all so much last year. I mean, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. That left side is going to be really good. So I think we can look at the whole offensive line in passing situations. Can we still depend on the left side to not have to worry about it? And the right side, can we see some growth there from Gene Delance, Stuart Reese on the right side in passing situations? You know, Florida's in third and eight, and everybody in the stadium knows the passing play is coming. Gene Delance knows the passing play is coming. Can he not get beat by a defender? I don't care who is who is on the other side. I don't care that it's FAU. We need to go out there and see some consistency. You know, it, hopefully Florida's not putting themselves in bad situations over and over again as far as passing situations, but it will come up at some point in the game. We would need to see the right side of that offensive line stand up, hold their ground, pass block for these quarterbacks on a consistent basis. Wide receiver. How deep does Florida go, Daryl, at, at receiver? I think you know what you have in Copeland. You know what you have in Shorter. Everybody else probably can go out there and prove, just prove it a little bit more and also to see how much they're going to play. And I want to see how versatile the group is, too. You know, who lines up inside, who lines up outside, who does both, I think is something to, to, to watch out for. And Whittemore, I think, has that, uh, has that there, uh, has that potential. Jacob Copeland has that potential of lining up inside and outside there at receiver. You know, we'll see where players like Jamarcus Weston, where, can, where they line up the most. Um, and, um, you know, Rick Wells, uh, of course, you know, just kind of going down uh, the list a little bit there. There's a, the Copeland, Shorter, Henderson, Wells, Whittemore, all those guys, you know, I think your top four or five receivers. Weston, throw those guys all in the mix. See, I just want to see how much they move around. Do we see the platooning that we saw last year? Do we see the first three go out there for a couple of drives and then a whole another set of three or four come out for, for, for another drive? How deep does Florida go? How versatile do those guys look out there, too? 
tight end. I want to see how Gamble and Zip do in this version of the offense. We saw glimpses of what they did last year, but I think the focus shifts a little bit. Do we see them on the field at the same time more? Do we see the shovel pass we're also dying to see in this version of an offense uh, that we've seen Florida run plenty of times before with Dan Mullen as an offensive coordinator and the tight end shovel pass? Do we see more of it this year? Not so sure we see that thrown out there this game. We might uh, just to get put more film out there for Florida. But are these guys on the field at the same time gambling zip? And what does it look like in this style of offense? Also, young guys, Elksness, Odom, I want to see those guys get plenty of playing time, see what they bring to the table as we heard some nice things about those guys as young players. Can they go out there and prove in a game-like situation? Once again, it's not too big for them and push Gamble and Zip for more playing time. Let's move to the other side of the ball. Defensive line, how does the rotation with Newkirk, Valentino, Dexter work out? Uh, that's assuming Newkirk plays. Um, we know uh, the, just the little bit of groin injury there, but – you know, we see a rotation there. Does, does Dexter get the start? Um, and I don't think it matters if he doesn't. Uh, Newkirk and Valentino might be the first two guys out there. Uh, and, you know, where they inside, outside, I think those guys are pretty versatile. Valentino probably more inside. But I think Newkirk, Dexter can play inside and outside. Uh, but Newkirk may be – well, not really outside, but, of course, you got a nose tackle there. I think Dexter can do both, nose tackle and, and defensive tackle. Valentino, I think more the nose. Newkirk, I think, can do both as well. You know, and what, what does the shuffle, what does the rotation look like between those two guys? Does Cox get much time at all? Did Brenton Cox go out there and get a lot of playing time nursing that foot injury? I think he's ready to go, but do you need to force him out there? Uh, so with that, young guys at the edge in the buck rolls, with Chatfield transferring out, Princely will be out there more and more. Uh, we'll see if he could become more of that every down player that they were talking about in fall camp. Bogle, Summerall, Powell, all can see time at buck this game. I want to see those guys out there flying around, be in the backfield, lay some big hits, I want to see the young guys take over for defense in this game at some point, whether it be halfway through the second quarter. It could even be toward the beginning of the – we don't know Florida's injury situation perfectly out there. I think we know there, there could be some guys out there. Like I said, if you don't want to play Cox, I'm completely fine with that. That gives one of these guys an opportunity to go out there and make some plays early in the game with the starters. Of course, you know, when you're out there, if you're a, if you're a Princely, a Bogle, a Summerall, and you're playing out there with those defensive tackles that I just mentioned, it's only going to help you too. A lot of the time you're out there as a, as a second-team guy, you're out there with some second-team defensive tackles, second-team linebackers. But if you're out there with the starters, that's your opportunity as well to go out there and prove, hey, if I'm out here with the, with the top-end talent on defense, I can make a name for myself as well. If Cox is nursing or they just want to save him a little bit, go out there and make a name for yourself, Princely. Go out there and make a name for yourself, Bogle, Summerall, Powell, and earn some more playing time in these coaches' eyes. I want to see those guys out there flying around. Linebacker, let's continue this trend of seeing young players out there. Let the starters – I want to see the starters too. Miller, Diabate, Bernie, they'll get some early action – but after hearing about Tyron Hopper a lot in the spring, maybe even the top player of the spring, we haven't heard so much in fall camp from Tyron Hopper. But I think this is a chance we get to see him a good bit out there at the linebacker position. Uh, how is Derek Wingo progressing? You know, he had to learn the linebacker position last year. Uh, he was more of a defensive end in high school. He had to learn to play linebacker in a COVID year where the reps were pretty small and trying to learn. We saw how hard it was for Mamo Diabate, a guy who had actually played some games, Derek Wingo was coming as a true freshman learning how to play linebacker. So what progress progress has he made? And I hope to see him there at linebacker a good bit too. Defensive back, predictable here as much as I was for running back, of course, in those explosive runs. 
You know where I'm going with this one for defensive back. Communication, lining up. I don't expect much from this FAU offense, even with some changes there for Nikosi Perry leading an experienced offense. But they will try to use tempo in offense. And this is a great first test for this Florida defense to see where they are, particularly in the defensive backfield, in improving on the communication aspect of this defense. FAU wants to play fast anyway. You can best bet they saw Grantham's DBs struggle getting lined up and communicating last season. So we'll get to see just how how much all the talk about improvement in communication come to fruition on game day. Overall for the defense, I'm going to encompass the whole defense here. Go out there and tackle a common theme early in the season since Grantham's been here as defensive uh, coordinator has been a lack of physicality, a lack of tackling early on in the season. It improved in 2018 and 2019 eventually. Not so much last year. Need to see the physicality. Need to see the tackling. Much better, much better to start off a season this year. So that's what I want to see every position grouping this week versus FAU. All right, here we go. Let's do a little preview around the SEC. Just a little bit as well this week. A lot of games there, of course. Not many. I don't think there's any conference games uh, when, when you go and look at it. So SEC has done that in the past, but I don't think there's any SEC versus SEC matchups this week. So, but there are some big games, and it gets started Thursday night. Bowling Green in Tennessee. Josh Happel area begins there at Tennessee, naming Joe Milton starting quarterback. A lot of eyes will be on this matchup as that era kicks off on a Thursday night, of course, as well. So uh, some other games, bigger games, of course, but SEC Network, 8 o'clock, Tennessee hosts Bowling Green. And we'll see if the balls can uh, avoid another Georgia State-like upset here, there. So uh, Louisiana Monroe, we'll move to Saturday. Louisiana Monroe goes to Kentucky. Rice goes to Arkansas, and then at 3.30, Alabama, Miami, in Atlanta, New Look, Bama, going against a Hurricane team where Derek King will be bouncing back from a knee injury uh, there. So, you know, we'll see a lot of Bryce Young there at quarterback for Alabama, replacing those receivers, uh, replacing some, some guys in the defensive secondary, but a pretty experienced defense. I think Derek King's going to be running for his life all day. Alabama will blow the doors off of Miami uh, when it's all said and done. Here we go, 4 o'clock, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State, Central Michigan, and Missouri. And then all the way at 7 o'clock, Akron and Auburn. 7 o'clock as well, Eastern Illinois, South Carolina. And then 7.30, big game of the week, college football playoff preview is what everybody wants to label this one. Georgia, Clemson, they're in Charlotte. Big game here, of course. JT Daniels, quarterback for Georgia. Can he live up to the hype now that they're putting on this Georgia offense? Beat up, up, beat up a little bit at receiver. We'll see how healthy Georgia is there at receiver. Uh, but, uh, you know, talent all around for that Georgia team. We'll play some guys in the secondary on that side of the ball, too. Uh, and we'll see if they can stand up to Clemson's defensive line there, led by Breesey, uh up front there for Clemson. Of course, you know, Trevor Lawrence is gone. So starting a new era there at quarterback for Clemson as well. But there we go, Georgia, Clemson, big game, playoff implications, maybe just a little bit uh, for, for, for those two teams. They can afford a loss uh, with, the, with the rest of the schedule, uh, of course, is there, especially Clemson. I don't, they probably won't get tested much all throughout the year there in the ACC. Uh, Georgia loses this game, still has the strength of an SEC schedule to build their resume back up. So huge game, big game. In the end, doesn't really hurt them all. Uh, but Georgia could probably get a whole lot of kudos for going out there and winning a game like that. At the same time, unfortunately, 
uh, you know, we, uh, the Gator games at the same time. So you'll be flipping back and forth or having it on another monitor, another TV there at the same time. But 7.30 as well as Florida hosting FAU. 8 o'clock, Kent State, Texas A&M. Also, East, um, East Tennessee State and Vanderbilt. Then at 8.30 p.m., LSU travels to L.A. to take on UCLA. LSU practicing all week in Houston. They had to, uh, you know, uh, evacuate due to the hurricane there in Louisiana this week. We'll see how that affects them. As Max Johnson gets to start at quarterback. We know him very well coming into the swamp, beating Florida last year. And a lot of questions for that LSU team this year. Now a lot of uh, issues they have to deal with in, in the hurricane and having to practice away from Baton Rouge when they go play UCLA this week in Atlanta. And then on Monday night in Atlanta, Louisville, Ole Miss, we get to see Lane Kiffin in prime time Monday night. Matt Corral, a lot, uh, a lot of hype surrounding him as well. We um, got to see that team in the first game of the season last year. Their first game of the season will be in prime time versus Louisville Monday night. So that'd be a, a, a pretty good game to cap off the first week of college football season. We're all ready for it, and it will be capped off versus Ole Miss and Louisville. There we go. Week one preview in the books. A lot of fun. A lot of fun here previewing FAU, previewing the SEC week. We're all ready for it. It is game week. If you guys know, if you've been around Gators Breakdown, we'll uh, three episodes a week starting next week. We'll do a recap show on Sunday, and that'll be uh, me on Sunday. Monday, Will Miles will join me for our normal episode on Mondays, and then another preview episode, previewing USF next week. So lots coming down, lots more on Gators Breakdown Plus. I'll probably put another Twitter Spaces episode out there as well for a, a chat-style episode. Plenty, plenty content during football season out there remember you can go win that blue gators alternate helmet by joining gators breakdown plus by friday september 3rd but we are all ready to go talking some football for the next few months here september october november hopefully the first week of december talking football here on gators breakdown all right that'll do it for this episode i am your host david waters you can find me on twitter at gator dave underscore sec Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.